I've often talked about reality always winning on this program. And for those folks who are at the front end of assessing a particular cultural, political trend against the tsunami of the general culture, they are oftentimes shut down. They are marginalized. They are viewed as out of touch. And then in a certain percentage of cases, fairly high one, I think, reality shows them correct. Now, back in the early days of the smartphone, in 2012, according to a woman named Jean Twenge, who has done a lot of these kinds of generational studies, and she was studying the Zers. I don't know, I, why do they call them the Zers? I'm really the Zers. You know what I mean? I, I like a nap, and I like to go to bed early. You know, 60 may be the new 40, but 9 is the new midnight. So I'm a Zer, in that sense. I'm a real Zer. But she said that in 2012, that was the tipping point where more than 50% of adolescents had smartphones. And she noticed dramatic social changes in the kids' behaviors. First of all, she noticed that there was actually less socializing face-to-face among peers. They didn't get together as much. Why? Well, you could do it from your bedroom. Just kind of text and talk and do whatever. So the, the rise of technological communication led to a direct decline in personal. That makes sense. But since then, and this is heartening for me to see, more people are recognizing the deleterious effects of unlimited smartphone access, especially as a kid is younger. I saw a recent study that said the younger a kid gets a smartphone, the more likely they are to be depressed and to not like their life. So many parents have surrendered to these things out of fear, out of being bullied, out of, well, that's what everybody does. That's the social norm. So what they do is they say, okay, well, my kid at 13 will have a smartphone, and then when the ugliness hits, as it so very often does, they scramble to try to find a cause. This kid's living in a good home. This kid's living in a loving home. We thought we were normal. Why is my kid so depressed? Why is my kid so sneaky? Why are my kid's grades falling? Why is my kid so tired? All these things start to happen. Why did my son get into pornography? All of this. Now, I'm not blaming the parents. But I am saying that as the evidence is starting to come in, and it is. I saw a commercial, first time I saw a commercial like this. It said something to the effect, and I've seen it a number of times. Social media is hurting our children. And it chose to, and this I, I find this fascinating that this is what it chose. And I often said this. I said commercials, commercials have ulterior motives besides selling a product these days. They showed a little girl who was 12 or 13 getting all excited as she got her first smartphone. She was just so excited. And then 
very devastatingly effective series of, of quick shorts. They showed how she had gotten into social media and gotten into the, the self-image of being skinny. Really skinny. Really, really, really skinny. And of course, now this is another thing that's coming to light, is that these algorithms are designed that if your kid goes a certain place, more places are going to pop up on their phone of a similar type. That's how they do this. They've got to keep you engaged. They've got to sell product. This is a business. They are marketing to your kids and you. So what happens is that this little girl, they show a progression of her through her social media embracement, through her searches, getting into an eating disorder. I find it fascinating that they chose eating disorder as the pathology that they wanted to focus on, when in fact, that's not the main one. The main one is depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, social retreat, self-image. Those are all big. Big. But they chose that. Well, it's a start, I guess. Gender confusion. There is research that indicates the more time a child spends on social media, the higher the chances they're going to have some gender confusion, especially if they're predisposed. It's a given. They end the commercial with something to the effect that it's time to protect our kids from social media. Well, that's a good message. It's a good message. I saw a recent survey said 50% of those teens surveyed are unhappy with their life. What does social media do? Look at me, look at me. Look how pretty I am. Because you can have filters. You can make yourself look like anything on social media. You can make yourself look gorgeous. Look at me, look at what I'm doing. Look at my, look at my wedding coming up. Everything is about me, all of it. And then the average kid who has an average life can't compete with that. That's another world. Or the chasing for likes, the chasing for hearts, the chasing for applause. It's like a sticker system on steroids. More accolation, more, more, acclama- more accolades. That's what they search for. And ultimately you get frustrated because you can't relentlessly challenge reality. Reality is most people's lives are just normal. So what's happening here? Well, adults can't fight the algorithms. It's amazing what my phone knows about me. They don't just know my name, rank, and serial number. They know my preferences. And they throw things into my feed or whatever it is that I have to look at to keep up with what's going on out there. They throw things at me. How did they, how did they know that? They knew it. Now, with kids, you can protect them from that. I'm an adult. I look at that and say, see what they're doing? Very, very, very profitable. That's exactly right. Engagement is the word. They want me on that phone as long as possible. Because that's their goal. That's how they make money. And they're doing that with your kid. See, you're going to be forced into making a decision here. You're going to have to decide... If that phone is more damaging to your child's welfare than 
not having one would be damaging to her relationship with you and her overall contentment. That's the decision you're going to have to make. Because kids are very good at making you feel like you're isolating me. I can't talk to my friends. I'm miserable. I'm unhappy. You've got to give me that. They're very good at that. <laughs> Funny, 15 years ago, that wasn't an issue. You had friends. You didn't contact your friends through technological ways. Someone might say, well, Dr. Reed, but, but it's, just, it's, a, it's a good thing. It's a venue for kids to connect. It is. But here's the problem. Adolescents have an excessive streak. They don't generally keep things in balance. So they're still on that phone at 11 o'clock at night up in their bedroom so they go to school tired and exhausted. Or they take that phone to school and if they're allowed to have it in a classroom, it buzzes. They use it to cheat. They take pictures of the tests and they give it to the next class. They sell it to the next class. You've got to understand human nature, fallen human nature. We're going to do what's in our best interest for the moment. That's why grown-ups teach kids. So that's the decision facing most parents. How long do I hold off? And what will be the results if I hold off? But I will share this with you. Most kids adjust. Most kids come to the conclusion, if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen, and they move on with life. And perhaps for me, the most distressing thing is to hear how many unhappy, anxious teens there are when, physiologically speaking, those years are years of zest, they're years of high energy, they're years of laughing and giggling, they are, they are years of zeal, upbeat naturally. Something very powerful has to be taken that from them. I'm Dr. Ray.